0: Welcome to the Human Design and Astrology for a New Paradigm podcast with your host, Heather Mann. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Human Design and Astrology for a New Paradigm podcast. My name is Heather, and this is the 34th 34th episode of the show. Um, I'm recording this episode from my room in melbourne on saturday the 25th of july and today we are doing the astrology forecast um for the month of august so if you're new to the podcast i usually like to treat the first five or ten minutes or so um just as a little catch up um as if i'm just having a chat with friends um because that's what i like this podcast to feel like uh just about what's happening in my world really um it's probably never anything earth shatteringly exciting or profound um but I really do always prefer podcasts when I feel like I can know a little bit about the person that I'm listening to um anyway so yeah again I don't have a lot of news today um again we've been on the kind of second lockdown for two and a half weeks now so there's not a lot going on in my world um study work sit Netflix stan Started watching the OC again. Fabulous. Um, What else? Not a lot. So anyway, um, I do want to make some recommendations, though, that I can do for those of us who just need a little bit of a breather from everything that's going on in the world, from the news, from kind of feeling pressure to keep up with everything that's going on. So firstly, I feel like months ago I said on this podcast, I said that um, after I finished reading Harry Potter, like. I wanted a new book series to read, and my mum wouldn't stop pesting, pestering me to read this book series that she loves um, by her favorite author, Terry Pratchett, and the series is called the Tiffany Aching series. Uh, anyway, I was like, "Oh no, I won't like it," you know, um, leave me alone. Um, anyway, since I've been on lockdown again, obviously I need more books, um, and I gave in and started reading it, and it truly is fabulous like it's so good so it's about a baby witch um like a 9 year old witch who's just learning that she's a witch and there are these little blue fairies or pixies who like to drink and fight and cause mischief um but they protect her and her number one magical item that she uses is a frying pan and they are really interesting subtle like socio-political comments uh hidden behind this this overall theme, but you know they're so subtle that you can totally ignore it when you really do just need a break from life and socio-political issues. Um, and the other life break that I am adoring right now is another podcast, and it's one totally related, totally unrelated to astrology or to politics or to self-development or anything else that is remotely serious. Um, it's called Spirits and. It is hosted by these two women, Amanda and Julia, who get get drunk, essentially, while they talk about myths and legends, folklore, hauntings, urban legends, and anything else, and they've been going for four or something years, so there's a massive backlog. I'm not even through it yet, and I've been listening for about a year, um, but the Your Urban Legends episodes are the best, so basically they have... Um, regular people write into them with ghost stories or urban legends from around the world, like their specific hometown. Um, And yeah, when I was in my last like really bad anxiety spiral last June and July and August, I used to just put on one of those episodes. Again, there's like, I think there's about 34 of those episodes alone um, in the back in the backlog now. Um, But yeah, I just put on one of those and just paint in the study of my house at the time. And it was so comforting and so cozy. And you know, they'll be making jokes about it. It's really like having friends hanging out, painting with you, telling ghost stories and making jokes about it. So you never get quite scared enough. Like as soon as you start to get a bit freaked out, they'll make a joke and so you feel okay. Um, anyway, I'll put those two recommendations in the show notes because I really am going through this these couple of waves at the moment of being like, I want to save the world you know that's one side of me like let me at it i'll take down all the evil and all the corruption by myself and then a few days later i'm just like oh you know i'm exhausted can i just paint sit in the sun and listen to podcasts that don't make me think at all about anything oh and also the last recommendation has to be taylor swift's new album um it's it's so good it's kind of like old taylor but all grown up that's the way i'm describing it Um, It's really like I'm 17 again, but grown up at the same time, just I listened to it while doing the notes for this episode and had goosebumps. Like I just couldn't focus on doing the notes for this episode. Um, Betty is my favorite song on it. Okay. Anyway, so that is my recommendations. Um, So let's get into the forecast. Uh, So in August, we start with Oh yeah, August 1st. We actually start with my my favourite of the Wheel of the Year holidays, um, in the Southern Hemisphere anyway, which is in bulk. Um, so this is like a Celtic slash pagan holiday celebrated on the day in between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. And it celebrates the goddess Brigid or Bridge, um, who was the goddess of Ireland before Christianity took over. And she's a fire goddess too, so um, she kind of represents the first flame of new life, like representing hope and new beginnings. That's why she's kind of in between the winter solstice and the spring solstice. It's that that first flame, um, the first glimmer of hope after a long patch of darkness. And that is why we can celebrate her every every day actually at sunrise as in the Celtic mythology, she's said to pull the sun up from behind the hills uh, which is just the most magical thing and something I think about on those mornings of particularly beautiful sunrises. Um, anyway, so it would be the opposite in the Northern Hemisphere. You guys are what past midsummer, halfway between that and the autumn equinox. So the 1st of August for you, the holiday is called Lammas and it's it represents like the beginning of the harvest and it's the first of three harvest festivals actually. Um, And in particular, it's the harvest of grain and the celebration of, I guess, like reaping the fruits of our labors, essentially. It is a time of celebration and accumulation and seeing what, you know, just appreciating everything that we've worked so hard at. Um, So, yeah, you can look into that if that's something you're interested in celebrating in whichever way feels good to you. So next up, I want to talk about Leo season overall. So what is it? It's like. July 23rd, um, here in the Southern Hemisphere, we shifted into Leo season and that'll keep going till August 22, August 23. Um, and as you know, if you've listened to these forecast episodes before, the sign that the sun is in is really going to create the general overall feeling or vibe in the air um, as 70% of the neutrino stream or basically like neutrinos are basically the energy that's coming into our planet from the cosmos and 70 percent of that is streaming via the sun so a lot of sun essence really does flavor the days basically and leo is a sign of being heard and being seen it it's the sign of the heart like in medical astrology leo represents the heart like the actual physical organ um and everything that goes into making it work for a lot of people this isn't the first thing they think about when they think about leo but the power because there is like such this deep connection to the heart the power with which a leo can love you is completely unrivaled like if that's like Leo's sun moon rising to um or just a lot of planets in leo like you will probably know the tenacity and the strength and just like the power of your heart to love another person just determined And Leo season is about connecting to the heart. You know, it's about letting your heart be heard and be seen too. So the reputation of Leo and it does have that essence of appreciating being appreciated. You know, words of affirmation are absolute heaven for a Leo placement. They really do lap it up. And Leo season can bring that out in all of us, particularly anyone with a strong Leo. Um... Or just in the Leo part of your chart. So, as an example, if you have Leo in the fourth house, you might be a little more, um, a little more defensive than usual about anyone you perceive not to be saying nice things about your family or your home, um, and also, you know, desiring more compliments and appreciation of your family, of your home. Um, if it's in your 10th house, the desire for appreciation of your work and what you put out into the world is extra, extra strong. Uh, your fifth house, if you have a Leo ruling your fifth house, and when I say ruling your fifth house, I mean just like it is the sign that is the sign in that fifth house kind of thing. I, don't know how to explain that any better right now. So if you have your birth chart in front of you, you have, you know, the 12 houses, there are the little sections of the chart. Um, you count them around one, two, three, four, five, six. The first one is your rising sign, and the rising sign rules the first house. And then if you look at, so let's just say you have Aries ruling Aries rising. So Aries rules your first house. Then if you look at the second house, you will have. Taurus and so that means Taurus rules the second house they go in order so you can kind of count around and find Leo and see which house it is ruling. Um, Yeah so if you have Leo ruling your fifth house then maybe you're really craving or finally receiving to this season the accolades and the appreciation of your art and your creativity or of your kids like the fifth house rules creativity creativity babies and real life babies too. both of those. So the sun and Leo can definitely refer to a time where we are being seen and, you know, feel like we're finally being appreciated and receiving the love that we've been waiting for, especially in that area, Leo area rule, Leo ruled area of our life. Um, for this to be allowed allowed in though there does need to be something put out you know something put out with heart something that you put out into the world with intention um so thinking from a creativity perspective you know you can try and create something that you think in your head that everybody else wants to see that's that's an air quality air thinks air analyzes so we can think of that as the opposing sign to Leo, Aquarius. Aquarius is an air sign, and they have a really powerful mind that can think in ways that other people can, Other people cannot. Their mind sees things other people cannot. And there is a place and a time for that, you know, to create from the mind, to create via thinking. And we'll touch deeper on the Leo-Aquarius axis and the inter- interplay between those two signs when we go into the full moon. Um, just in a minute, but if you want to receive the love and attention for something that you love and want attention for, let it come from your heart. So I'm speaking specifically on creativity creations here, but this, this comes down to everything, you know, modeling what you create and what you think people want or what you think is clever is not what, what's in the air right now. So right now, don't do it because, you know, you think it will be useful to people or whatever. During Leo season, really do it, really create when you feel it deep in your heart, deep in your bones, you know, bring bring it out into the world then. And then let yourself be doused in recognition whatever comes. Um whether that is just one person who says, you know, I don't know why, but what you created really touched me. Or whether it is millions of people who resonate, you know, just that appreciation will come in as long as it is connected to something deeper than what you think people want to hear. And it's going to feel a lot better, even if it's not the same kind of appreciation, you know, even if it's not like the same number of people. um, If you created something that you think everybody wants to see, it's going to feel better and more real to you. Uh, So that is from the start of August. um, Well, from July 23rd, actually. Uh, until August 22 or 23 depending where you live that the sun's in Leo and then on the third or the fourth of the month we have our full moon that I mentioned just a second earlier and it's at 11 degrees of Aquarius so as I was doing the notes for this and prepping for this I realized that it's exactly conjunct my Saturn in my chart it's always when I like prep these monthly forecasts that I first notice how upcoming transits are going to touch my chart personally Um, But anyway, full moons in general can represent a couple of things, Um, either shining a light on something that was too easily surrounded or shrouded in darkness up until that point, things that you didn't notice, things that you didn't notice up until now, just coming into the light, sudden realizations are common around the full moon too. Like, oh, you know, um, a missing piece can join the story under the light of the full moon. Also on the moon, it's a time of culmination, like of roundness, of fullness, another symbol, symbolism of the harvest. It is actually the full moon. And in medical astrology, the full moon is a good time to pick herbs that you intend to use for medicine as they're said to be extra potent um, and ripe during the full moon. And then you would dry them during the waning moon and have them stored before the new moon. For an Aquarius full moon in particular, we have the, the Leo and Aquarius axis being highlighted. So every full moon will occur in the sign and degree that is exactly opposite the sun on that day. So on the day of the full moon, the sun will be at 11 degrees of Leo. And as I said before, the moon is going to be at 11 degrees Aquarius. So the Leo-Aquarius axis that line that we walk between Leo and Aquarius, it's about individuality and acceptance. It's its about being part of a group and shining on your own. Both signs are very different in some ways, but they're also similar in many ways. You know, they both enjoy being appreciated. And to generalise, Leo receives that appreciation for their heart, you know, that brave, strong lion, um, Whereas Aquarius likes to be recognized for their clever mind, for not thinking like anyone else, for seeing things that other people can't. Both signs can contain the same wound of feeling feeling like they're on the outside um, of society or of their friends or of their family, you know, just feeling feeling like an outsider feeling unloved um in aquarius it is more like that you know i've put myself on the outskirts and now no one appreciates who i am whereas leo it is more like oh no one fully fully gets me fully feels me um i just want to be loved for my heart kind of thing and again to generalize and we cannot really generalize in astrology but this is just to give you an overview of this like really quite fascinating axis between these two signs i do love these two signs um aquarius will stand out by choice but really longs to have a f- collection of fellow weirdos um you know to have a group that's united and not being like anyone else is like that's the thing that brings them together that is the dream of a her- heavy aquarius placement you know like you can be alone and do your own thing and say whatever you want and believe weird things but You can always know that there are a bunch of other weirdos out there who also do their own thing and they accept you and love you just as you are without you needing to change for them to love you. Does that make sense? So that's Aquarius. And then Leo, there's there's massive individuality in this sign too. So even if we just think of the connection to the heart, like every single heart on this planet has loved in different ways, been hurt in different ways, and as a result, who and what they feel connected to and stand for and care about and love and how they share their loud powerful leo message it's it's going to be different but again that theme of wanting to be accepted for saying doing and being who they are in their little oddball hearts that's also there just like we spoke about with aquarius and this is the beauty they They're opposites, but they're similar. So on this full moon, these topics are being explored. Um, So you can look at what houses, what planets you have in these two signs, especially around the 11 degrees of these two signs. Um, And 11 degrees of Scorpio or Taurus too will be impacted by this full moon. Where, Where are you feeling called to think outside the box a little more or accept other people for not seeing things the same as you? This theme, these themes can be expected to be present at that time. Uh, The thing with Aquarius too, with Aquarius too, for this Aquarius full moon is that they know, like Aquarius knows they have to rock the boat a little because friction and conflict is the only thing that leads to progress. And Aquarius loves progress. Um, All it takes is one person to share from their heart or from their mind. Again, that axis Uh, one person to do something different than everyone else. And then the mutative process begins to happen. Um, And we see this in individual circuitry in human design, which is just a whole complicated thing that we're not here to discuss today. Um, But basically, this is how mutation works. Uh, And, you know, we spoke about the channel of mutation in human design last week. For change, there needs to be friction there needs to be that moment of extreme heat where the world shakes and then suddenly there are mountains where once it was flat um and even if we don't see the impact of those changes that our personal friction um in our lifetime like that our personal friction brings even if we don't see the changes in our life every time that we connect to our hearts our leo or let our minds explore and wonder for themselves that's at aquarius we add to the friction of individuality which will eventually create an earth where love and humanity come before prophets hopefully wishful thinking but no that's that's completely true um the full moon would be a lovely time to reconnect your message like right now What feels like the words you absolutely have to give to the world? What can you no longer hold back? What is the message behind the words that you say and that other people say too? So even if someone is shouting you, yelling at you, telling you we're wrong, what is their deeper meaning behind their words? Like maybe they are genuinely a bad person and genuinely want to hurt you, or maybe the meaning behind their words is that they're trying to tell you that they care about you, that they love you, that they're scared for you. Aquarius full moons aren't great for telling people how you feel There's there is really a more intellectual breeze in the air, um, to kind of interrupt that really heartfelt Leo season overall. But if we listen close, we can hear, we can genuinely like hear how other people feel. Um, we can hear what's in their heart with that Leo sun influence, even if their words seem to be coming totally from their mind. Um, Oh, and yes, Mercury, the planet of communication and, you know, communication, both speaking and listening on all levels. It moves from cancer, um, where it does feel like it's been forever, into Leo the very next day after the full moon. So there's that extra nod to what I just spoke about. Leo in Mercury, in Mercury in Leo. Wow. um, Encourages speaking from the heart and encourages listening with an open heart, too. What else for Mercury and Leo? I mean, with it moving away from from the sign of Cancer, with Mercury moving away from Cancer, um, it really, it means that we'll be free of all that troubled threesome of Pluto, Saturn, and Jupiter that are in the late degrees of Capricorn. I mean, any planets moving through the sign of Cancer this year, they are opposing that combo. And that combo is not not doing good things for the year 2020. Well, not immediately anyway. You know, they're they are unearthing a lot. Pluto is Pluto and Capricorn is, especially with those other two planets there, um, influencing and making that kind of bigger and more imminent. Um Pluto is really uncovering and destroy and regenerate, but the uncovering and destroy is really the influence that we're feeling in full force right now. So now that Mercury has moved away from opposing that threesome, our collective intellect uh, moves away from it slightly too, as Mercury also, as well as communication, rules over mental intelligence. And in Leo, we see we might see more and more passionate conversations. And as Leo is a fixed sign, it has that element of stubbornness to it too. I hope that people will be more open to listening to other people's perspectives. But Mercury and Leo kind of speaks of more choosing a side and digging your heels in There's that stubbornness. And as long as we channel that element of Mercury and Leo, that can feel the heart behind the words, I I guess like that's going to be a positive influence. So sure, be passionate. We have to be passionate. Scream your Leo heart from the rooftops um, about what is close and important to your heart right now but violence and bullying, um, you know, I'd love to say that it's going to lessen, but Mercury and Leo really is passionate and stubborn. Those are the two major qualities that are coming to mind. So extrapolate from that what you will about our communications over the next, over August. Uh, Yes. What else? So Venus moves into Cancer on the 7th or 8th of August. Venus is a representation of value. So what we value in others, what we place value on like ourselves, um the value that we put on ourselves and then what also has value to us personally in life. Uh, she she's love and desires and resources too. She's magnetism and receiving. Anytime that a planet shifts into cancer this year, as I said just before, it highlights all the underlying planetary players of Jupiter, Pluto, Saturn in Capricorn as cancer and Capricorn are opposite each other. Venus is pretty comfortable in cancer though. So she might be able to do some good things. She might be able to add a little usefulness or at least a little like humanity, a little bit of caring to the stubbornness going on in Leo. Um with the sun and mercury in leo venus in cancer brings the focus of values to our to our emotions and our safety um so the safety of our home and family is our home full of what we value too. what values are clashing with people in our family our close friends this is all like venus in cancer stuff and what does it mean for the relationship if our values do clash too this is where the flexibility and willingness to keep loving people around us, despite disagreements of Venus in Cancer, can hopefully counter the passionate, heated Mercury and Leo that's going on um, and avoid any, any big blow up. So later in the month, when Venus does approach the exact opposition with Pluto, Jupiter and Saturn, there is kind of a cooling and heart opening essence to Venus in Cancer. Um, the way that I picture this in my mind is like a, like a small child smiling up at a grumpy old man, a grumpy old man who's suffering and is angry and is taking it out on everyone else. And against his, be- his best wishes, he can't help but feel his heart soften a little and smile back. So it's not like, it's not like it's totally healed and good to go. Like, it's not like, you know, this Venus in Cancer is totally fixing everything um, in the in that's going on in Capricorn right now but there is a crack a crack for the light to start to stream in that's Venus in Cancer opposing the Saturn Pluto and to a lesser extent Jupiter in Capricorn later this month uh, next so Uranus stations retrograde at 10 degrees of Taurus on the 15th of August Uranus in Taurus is a massive transit that's happening over this seven to eight year period um, between 2018 and 2026. If we think about the human design prophecy that human evolution, like a big evolutionary transition is coming in 2027, that is when it's really going to start to accelerate Uh, then Uranus in Taurus is almost like one of our planetary ushers into the new paradigm. I mean, if we think of 2018, that feels like when things really started heating up, ramping up, um, Uranus is the planet of shock, of chaos, confusion, sudden and unexpected change. And Taurus is fixed earth as a sign. So... That means they like comfort, stability, assuredness that what they need will be provided for them. And we don't have that right now. We have no sense of security right now and we have no idea what's going to happen for the rest of the year, let alone next year. Um, the, Like, you know, the thought of planning ahead to where we're going to be next year is just, it feels a little silly. Um, The fixed earth, the safety and stability of Taurus it's being shaken up by Uranus. And when this, this planet stations retrograde, it can be like, it can be like an assimilation period. Well, the retrograde itself, the day of the step of the station. So the day that it actually kind of takes a pause. Um, so that's on the 15th and the few days surrounding it too, like, you know, three days before, three days after things might feel even wackier than they have. Um, whether this is felt personally or on a worldwide level uranus is also about revolution and change and also genius again the first few those first few people who stick their heads out of the box um and let themselves be labeled the weirdos, just for a minute, uh, to create the potentiality for mutation. That mad scientist who nobody will acknowledge for his work. And then 20 years later, you know, he gets heralded as a genius or even like a hundred years later. And, you know, they're building statues for him and calling him the smartest mind of his time. But it's like, people weren't ready for that yet that's Uranus um it's never welcome and it's often fought it's often ridiculed just like any other idea or suggestion that have the potential for change Uranus in Taurus speaks of changes to the banking system too so keep an eye out for further developments on the economy and so on um maybe this retrograde period is a time to personally get your finances sorted you know sit down make a plan move to a new bank. If yours isn't making you happy, that's what I'm in the process of doing right now. I've been with the same bank since I was 11 or 12 or something. Um, and just never changed anything because it was always too much of a hassle. Um, but I'm doing it. I'm doing it because they suck. Um, but yes, so this retrograde does kind of give us a breather from the rapid change in the Taurus parts of our chart, more of a time for assimilation and preparation for the next year or so. So for Taurus change, like for the sign of Taurus, for the quality of Taurus change can actually feel, feel, or at least be really healthy and feel good to some extent, but they really want to have their feet on the ground and feel somewhat prepared Um, and feel like they can handle what's coming to a certain extent. So it's all about making the preparations during this retrograde uh, cycle. We can't can't always perfectly gracefully handle the Uranus level of change because it can have that real sudden intense impact. But this retrograde could be a good chance to sit down, make a list and give yourself a chance to at least feel somewhat grounded when sudden upheaval does come. Right. And we have reached the last thing or maybe the second last thing. We'll see that I want to touch on. And that is the Leo new moon. So on the 18th or 19th of August, we have a new moon at 26 degrees of Leo. So um, whenever I say two dates, it usually will mean that as a general rule, it's going to be Australia on the second date, Australia, New Zealand, and everywhere else in the world on the first date as a general rule. Um, Asia might be sort of in between, like sometimes they will be, cause I think a lot of Asia is maybe like four or five hours behind Australia, but you can look up the exact time and date specifically on the internet super easily. Um, but yeah, so 18th, 19th of August, we have a new moon at 26 degrees of Leo. So anybody with any planets or placements between maybe, Uh, 23 and 29 degrees of fixed signs. So that's Scorpio, Leo, Taurus or Aquarius. This new moon might feel a little more potent for you or have a feel um, to have a feel of where the new moon is touching, like what planet is it is touching um, and what that particular planet feels like to you, you know, just have a feel into what's coming. Um, But overall, this is a good day for everybody to reconnect to their drive, their determination, um, the stuff their heart beats for. Like new moons are typically a time of going inward, of being quiet, of seeing what insights the darkness has for you. And like while we're out there in the world, letting our voices be heard and received during Leo season, it can be easy to disconnect from the purpose behind our message this Leo new moon is a perfect opportunity to really reconnect to that purpose. Like what is the reason that you are determined to be heard, to be received, to give love and to receive love? Like what is your heart burning for? We all want to be heard and seen. We all want to be loved and appreciated. That is the Leo that lives inside of all of us. Um, And I touched on this a bit earlier, like when that love and appreciation comes for something that we don't feel so connected to in our hearts, it might feel good to a certain extent, but there's also an emptiness to it. Like if you get heaps of accolades for, let's say, a paper that you wrote um, for a class, you know, you're getting heaps of appreciation and admiration from your your parents, your teachers, your classmates, the dean, you know, you're being rewarded and everyone's so impressed with by what you've written. Um, but it's for a subject that you feel disconnected from and you don't care about and you really wish that you were being appreciated for the poetry that you write when you're not at uni instead, you know, the accolades and the appreciation might feel good. To be appreciated in general does feel good, but there's going to feel like there's something missing, you know, the Leo new moon is a good check in time. What do, what do you want to be loved and adored for? Whether it is for being whatever kind of parent that you want to be or for, curing some disease, or if you want to be appreciated for having the best veggie patch in town, or, you know, raising money for a cause that you're passionate about, what would it make your heart, what would make your heart sing to be recognized and appreciated for, especially over the next, um, six months or so, you know, put some of those things on paper. The last big thing, actually, there is one more thing. Um, is the transition between Leo and Virgo season. So this is an interesting transition. You know, I think it's kind of something interesting to think about is what does it feel like on those few days, that one or two days when we shift from one particular sun season into the next, there's always like, you know, some of the transitions feel really smooth. Some of them feel natural. Some of them feel like really, whoa, what was that? I'm thinking particularly of like, between Pisces season and Aries season, it's always just like, you know, floating in the depths of infinite love. And then next thing you know, it's like hit the ground running. I just want to do everything, be everything. Um, let me do this, let me like run out in front of this car and see if anything bad happens. Um, so yeah, I love like this is something I'd like to explore, I think, a bit more deeply. Um, maybe on an episode even, is just what the transitions between the signs that are next to each other feel like. Um, but yeah, so between Leo and Virgo season, we move from from the heart, from the fiery heart, we move to earth. Um, we move from this, I have a mission, I want everybody to know, here's my heart, here's, what, here's where it's going to take me, here's where I'm going, um, here's who I am, here's what I stand for, that's the Leo. And then we move into, okay, so what do I need to do to get there? what do what am I going to need to pack you know here's Virgo coming in the sensibleness the down to earth the groundedness um who's coming with me on this journey what what if someone gets hurt you know are we prepared if someone if something goes wrong what if this goes wrong have I thought about that what about this um you know Virgo pulls us back into reality down to earth and the work that it's going to take to fulfill that heart purpose that we connected to so strongly and let everybody know about In leo season so i just want to touch on that as always i will speak more on that stuff the kind of later in the month stuff as it draws closer um but i hope this this uh forecast has given you some ideas of the energy to expect over the next few weeks and i hope you all are well i love you lots um have a good week and i will speak to you very soon